Kia ora and welcome to this brief bonus episode of the Sonic Speculations podcast. This is a short collection of material from my interview with John Sarfis that didn't make the final cut, but may be of interest particularly to composers and other musicians who are working and freelancing in New Zealand. In this bonus segment, John talks about his experiences of freelancing, commissions, and other things pertaining to his compositional work. So you've spent a lot of your career uh, both straight out of university um, and then since you retired from uh, Victoria as a freelance composer. What challenges, um, benefits, what do you see to being a freelance composer? Uh, So the benefits are the word free and the freelance, you know, and um, the freedom, because I I do believe that um, if you're at university with that job, which I had for 25 years, uh, you can't not be aware that there is something to lose, which is a livelihood, you know, and a security. And the way that the universities have evolved, which uh, is profoundly in the last period of time, uh, there is less and less academic freedom uh, as we go into the you know, 21st uh, century. And so uh, what I found was, even though I was kind of subversive in the university environment, I didn't quite fit in ever. You know, and I'm, not, I'm certainly no academic. You know, I'm a composer, but I'm, I'm not in that really academic world. Uh, I was able to kind of be free of it to some degree while I was there. But what it really comes down to is ultimately whose affirmation do you need? in order to survive as a creative artist. And there's no way of being in a university without having to accommodate the need for the affirmation of the institution. There's no escaping. And the other thing about the university that I only retrospectively understood is to do with teaching. And that's to do, like I really enjoyed a lot of my teaching experience at university. But what I realized was behind me always finding it challenging was, if you think about it, when you write music, when I write music, it is one of the most personal things we do. It is one of the most vulnerable spaces we enter into when we do that, right? And if I'm a teacher at a university and a student's coming to me to a class and maybe one tutorial every few months, and then they write their music and I assess it, I don't know that person at all. And I'm dealing with something that is actually very personal and quite quite private. And I always found that the biggest challenge, which was trying to give feedback to and encourage and be honest with uh, creative people who I didn't know, I wasn't able to find out, why are they doing what they do? Why do they want to write? What does it mean to them to write music? What are they hoping for? You can't actually get into that. It's very hard to get into that in any meaningful way. And I've done a bit of mentoring since I left university, completely free of that. And what I've found is um, the meaningfulness of the engagement between mentor and student, because it's always a two-way learn when you, in the best context, it should always be a two-way learning. Um, It's just been fantastic. So those are just a couple of things about within university. So being outside of university, especially the last three years since I left, I've, I've felt incredibly freed in terms of the writing. And I've always been relatively in that zone, but now I feel very much in that zone. And I think the biggest thing is I'm not answerable. 
to anybody. That's way more terrifying because there's there's no dictate, you know, which shapes what you do, which can take away a lot of the agonizing. But uh, and so there's that. The other thing is that I'm I'm just you know touching wood right now. I'm just so happy that I have enough of a network, enough of a career and a presence in the world that uh, I'm being approached all the time, and I have way more. Uh, invitations to write than I can take on, which means I can pick the best projects. So I, I feel like it's a, it's a golden age, a golden day, and I left at the right time. The, the thing about freelancing that I've had to embrace is the fact that I have to live off what I do, right? which is so obvious, it's not even worth saying. But uh, so I have good commission fees. I have enough. You know, I earn enough in a year to every year to keep going and live okay. But I've also been looking at how to exploit more the work that I've done, which is not something composers spend a lot of time thinking about. But as you go through, like you will produce more and more work, right? And you will have this back catalog of work. Maybe there'll be a publisher that wants to publish your music and you'll get your eight or 12% of every sale that you know goes through. I mean, that might happen. Um, but where are the income streams for us? And they're actually way more than we tend to think. And so one thing that I've started doing is I, I now sell my material on my own website. And I've just been so surprised at how well that's gone. So I'm selling scores of new pieces. Like I made a break with my publisher so that from a certain day onwards, everything was mine and I can sell it. And I've um, just started uh, putting together a huge back catalog of stuff that's mine that I can also sell on my website. And uh, what I've found is when somebody buys something off my website, I write to them after they've bought it. And I just say, hey, thanks for buying it. I'm a living composer. I'm not dead yet. So if you have any questions about the work as you learn it, just get in touch. And the number of people that have written back and just said, oh, wow, it's amazing. I can just get in touch with you and ask you about the piece. I go, yeah, of course. And so I'm gradually now building up uh, communities of performers for each of the pieces. And they become a kind of family around the work. And I can send out group emails and say, hey, I've got an update of the backing track, or you might need to know that, or there's a great performance coming up. And it's an incredible thing to be doing. It's, an, it's hugely, hugely validating. And it's, it's a great place to put one's energy. So I'm feeling really good about all of it. So you've talked a lot about all the commissions you've had. How do you, and particularly now that you're booked up to 2023, how do you, how have you over the course of your career managed the many commissions and, and engagements that have come your way? Well, I, I've learned by doing. That's the first thing. Like no one showed me anything. And what I've learned over the last sort of 20 years is that um, it's easiest on everyone if you do it yourself. So I'm talking to all of the orchestras. I'm talking to all of the performers and the commissioners, I have a very simple two-page contract that I offer to send out to anybody that's interested in commissioning. And it just covers everything very simply. And people are really grateful for it. They go, oh, great. It's so straightforward. You know, we can do this. Um, I have gotten over any kind of reticence talking about money. And I just say, look, the thing you want is going to take me this amount of time, which means this amount of money. And essentially, it's always that calculation. How much time is it going to take? And what do you need for that amount of time in order to be okay? Uh, and I've sort of negotiated up and down from time to time. But in general, it's pretty straightforward. 
Uh, and then the other thing is this idea I learned that the idea is to is to always be thinking about establishing and developing long-term relationships so that there might be something further down the track. You know, there might be something else. Um, and that, that has actually led on to many, many more projects by thinking about relationships in that way. And I think the biggest part of, uh, for me, the education around managing one's own career has been putting time into understanding what is the job of the person you're talking to? Like, what is it they do? And what are their criteria for a good outcome in their own journey? Uh, so when you talk to a festival director, you need to understand that that person has this mosaic in front of them with a hundred different events. And they're talking to you about fitting into their vision for that festival. You need to understand it. You can't just be, well, this is me and my project. It's the most important thing in the universe. It's important to you. It's a bit important to them but it's not as important as it is to you. That's one thing. And then the other thing, uh, big thing I learned was um, to not turn up with need, you know, but to turn up with enthusiasm and interest and your own intelligence and your energy, but in no way to project need because that's not the other person's responsibility. So there's a whole bunch of things like that. And then I found out, you know, I've gotten smart about, you know, managing my tax and having a good accountant all those sort of mundane logistical things and how to maximize what you can claim back. Very important, can actually add up to stuff. You know, all of those sorts of things are really important to have figured out and systematized so that it's easy going forward.